an anime podcast diving into all of the news you need to know from the weeby world and perhaps slightly beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Reese, and I am joined, as always, by the man with a million figurines, Steve the Save Point Cosplayer. As you know, two figurines still coming in. Gonna have to wait six months later until they're actually manufactured and delivered here. But now... You already know this. I'm going to be transporting them. Got a bunch of boxes coming down next week. It's time to move. Ooh, what are you going to do? You're going to have to update the shipping information on, on Shishio, though. What if Shishio ends up here? Oh, listen, in our old listen, apartment? listen. No, that is being. Listen, my figures are being sent to my parents' place. Uh. Anything <laughs> worth over $50 immediately goes to my parents' place because I don't trust people here. Yeah. Yeah, well, no. I mean, it's fine. I don't. I've never had actually had a package stolen out of an apartment, but I've had things like just not delivered. That happens. That certainly happens. I've had one thing. I've I've gone down once. Went down the stairs to the to the landing, box just open and empty. So who's gonna take who's gonna take Kenshi and Shisha? You know what they're gonna say? They're gonna open up and be like, God, I don't want this weeb shit. They're gonna put it back and put a sticky note on it saying, Sorry. You piece of trash. I opened up your box thinking it was going to be like a PS5, but it turned out to be just an action figure. Well, some housekeeping for you. A new episode of Weeb Weekly posts every single Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern. We are streaming on all of the podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast, you will find our Weeby voices. So be sure to, of course, subscribe, leave that review, smash that bell. We're not on YouTube. I just wanted to say it once. I just wanted to say it once, Steve. But of course. Should we put our stuff on YouTube? Should we should we, should we? video record these and and send them off? God no, no one wants to see us. God. I kinda like the I, I like the no, mystery maybe. of an audio only podcast, you know? I was thinking that maybe I should do it in cosplay, but then like I don't have the effort to do that. I'll do it if you do. No it. way. Maybe once. Maybe once. You gotta weird every episode in my in my <laughs> in the, stand in, in my in the colossal titan colossal titan cosplay. You're gonna have to watch that every single week. Never. You. <laughs> Listen, I don't well, have. Anyway, yeah. Go, go ahead. Anyway, anyway, download, subscribe, review, get that algorithm going, so of course we can keep bringing you that weeby goodness each and every week. That's right. I would watch it. I would watch it, Steve. You better. I, you know, I'll tell you, cosplays, difficult to wash. You do have to wash them. Listen, anyone who cosplays, you definitely have to. Don't be like, oh, I only wear this a few times. I'm not going to wash it. You're going to be sweaty as shit after every convention. You got to wash them, but you have to be careful. I can imagine. Wouldn't that, uh, I would imagine maybe even more, you know, these are precious commodities. Is that, a, is that more of a dry cleaning situation? Because they're, so, they're made for you, so they are so form-fitting that you wouldn't want them to, to shrink at all. Very true. Yes. Yeah. You do dry cleaning or I literally hand wash them very delicately, not putting that inside the uh, washing machine and then it could shrink or anything. And also, same thing. If you are washing your cosplays, you obviously you have to iron them. Uh, even if you buy a store-bought cosplay, nothing against that. Everyone has their own different prices. I have nothing against that. However, please iron your store-bought cosplays. And if you feel 
that you may damage it, because typically they're made out of flimsy material. They're not, you know, you're not buying something out of like Armani or H&M. Put a towel over it and then use the iron above it so you're not like immediately directly going right onto the fabric. Iron out the cosplays, especially if you're doing any type of like magical girl cosplay. I say that a lot because you want that skirt to poof out, which means you got to iron it. Don't let it sit there and be just all loosey-goosey and just, you know, all, all flat. Iron your stuff. That goes for everyone. Guys, too. Don't let me catch you at a convention. I will call you out on the floor. So go back home. Iron your cosplay. Important words. From Sorry. The, no, important important <laughs> words from the Save Point cosplayer. I was just looking at something for what we're about to talk about. Steve, you've been watching anime. As crazy as that sounds. I know. I hope, Hopefully, I've been watching anime. And we'll get a little bit more into this later for the topic. Not going to spoil that just yet. But I watched a lot of anime this weekend, which sounds weird when I say it out loud because this is an anime podcast. Of course, Steven, you're watching anime. I watched a lot of anime, such as did not get didn't get anywhere in the Call of Duty or Apex Legends Battle Pass. Too busy watching anime and wanted to pick up on back on a few shows, which I started but never got into. For example. Moriarty the Patriot. Remember I talked about it like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch uh, season one because season two came out in the spring when we did our spring episode of what we're going to be watching. And I started Moriarty the Patriot, I could say about a month ago. And this weekend I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and watch like 10 episodes, which is a lot. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you got to yeah. do it. I have to say, this show definitely benefits for being long, where, you know, there's already room for a second season. I don't know how it's going to go. I already got through Moriarty's backstory, really enjoying it. So I'll I'll give you a little more uh, backstory why I've been watching this series. My mother loves mysteries, and she loves Sherlock Holmes. She's not watching Moriarty the Patriot, okay? But I grew up watching a lot of old Sherlock stuff on, like, Hallmark and things like that. And I obviously I've seen the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, show and (laughs) Henry Cavill, his show, uh, Nola Holmes. I mean, just trying to fit into that period piece. He's just going to as soon as he moves a muscle, I feel like he's going to go burst right out of that. I watched Nola Holmes over Christmas with my parents. Great movie. Yeah. I liked that. It was good. It was good. And And they were approved for a sequel. Yeah, and they're getting a sequel, too, which I'm happy about. Good. And so I've been watching everything with Sherlock Holmes. So I'm like, oh, I would love to see something from Moriarty's perspective as a professional criminal consultant. And it's very good so far. The animation is pretty standard. I mean, it's nice. It's good. It's it's by production IG. We've talked about them before. They've done a lot of other uh, great stuff. And I just got slipped into the rabbit hole and I'm almost done with season one, ready to start season two. Fantastic. This is one that's on my radar. I I have also wanted to watch this show and just have not found the time to get into it myself. But I, I, this is one that I want to watch. I will say everyone's incredibly attractive, which is of course it's an anime, but I just find it so weird and and, and jarring. Well, actually, you know what? That makes sense, because Henry Cavill, definitely attractive. 
I'll say it. Him building a PC. We, we've been yeah, we've been kind of in the uh, in the weeds, uh, or we've been in the renaissance of like hot Sherlock. I would say Robert Downey Jr. falls into hot Sherlock yeah. category. I guess I guess it's even different Benedict, when they're like very I feel like even some people. Sure, <laughs> but hey, give me hot Moriarty. Is it is this a is this a boy's love? Uh, no, no. But he does have well. Yeah, no, they're definitely against each other. I'm, I'm thinking like to everyone else. I know he's adopted. He has a, he has his older stepbrother, and then he has his actual biological brother. And no, they don't have anything going with each other. But they're very playful with each other. But then again, I'm like, I don't, I don't know, whatever. But Sherlock Holmes, very Bichonne and attractive in this, <laughs> and also so is William James Moriarty too. I'm like, oh wow, these people are. Very lengthy. I, I like. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it's just such a weird perspective. From, I guess you would you would imagine the grit of late 18th century London and having pristine <laughs> skin and uh, lovely flowing hair. But you know what? No one else is doing this Moriarty backstory, and I'm here for it, and I'm really liking it. Yeah, it's true. Is this Arthur Conan Doyle approved by the estate? Um, no, I would say no. Well, I, I'm sure that, like, there's probably some tacit approval because, I, you know, how how could they make this without? I would, it might be in public domain. It might be public domain. It's got to be public domain because everything else I've seen, they usually say, like, if you're watching Sherlock, it'll say, like, based on the works of Arthur Curran Doyle. It's like, okay, this has been approved by the estate as something like, I don't know, uh, I want to say official, but you know, get sanctioned. This ain't sanctioned, so I'm assuming it's in the latter category where it's public domain. His estate is like whatever. Who cares? Make him hot. And that's just the first show. Jesus, that's just the first show. So I watched a lot of Moriarty. I was not far behind, but I was watching again my. I shaved and took an 18-year-old girl or whatever. Still pretty good. Uh, liking where it's going, where he's trying to re- really have the main female protagonist, the girl he took in, Sayu, uh, find herself and be able to stand on her own two feet and eventually leave. So I do like his, like, uh, does not want her to stick around, but will not just abandon her. Wasn't far behind that. Watch that. Or also obviously caught up on Zombieland Saga. But I also finally decided to check back in on my good friend Borto. See where I left on that. Whoa. And where tell, are you? Where are you in boards? I don't. So I watched the latest episode. Like I was on. I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's happening. Oh, you just and jumped. You just we, jumped into the latest stuff. You didn't go back to like where you were. No, I no. I jumped back to where I was. I don't oh, remember okay. a damn thing. It's, it's been like like five months. And you know these episodes just each and every week. And it was about Rockley. Now let me tell you, Joe. No, Joe. Joe. Joe He's still wh- alive in boards. Who do you? What? Who? How? What do you think Rockley named his son? Oh my god, Boulderly. What do you think he named his son? Metally. Boulderly. Airly. Joe. Here's the first one. Was it Met- Met- <laughs> Met- He named his metal. This is metal. What is this 
doofy looking kid look like? Let me look up Metal Lee. <laughs> Remember right now. we did a deep rabbit hole and we don't know what like Rock Lee who he married. Oh, who his mom was? Yeah, we have no idea who Metal Lee. I don't mom know. Was. I don't. What the? I don't know. This guy's got even more of a pronounced bowl cut and even more of pronounced eyebrows. <laughs> Look at those eyebrows. They're so angry. Then rock. They're so angry. He's so He's, serious. What does Metal Lee do of any note? In Metal Boruto? Lee is good at taijutsu. No, he's not. He bears a strong resemblance to his father, has shiny black hair. He's hot-blooded and a dedicated shinobi, much like his father, Rock Lee. It's still, the you Google Metal Lee, the first thing that pops up is still, is 1010 Metal Lee's mother. Like, it's still, the argument is raging. There's no, I don't know. There's maybe, no maybe, confirmation? I would assume that Metal Lee was born out of Rockley's hair and just spawned outside of it and became its own sentient being. What else? Can you can, you can't prove it? These characters are, otherwise. These characters are worthless. What? No. <laughs> so good. No, no, Metal Lee he, he's I don't know. He's he's a pile of rock. He's fine. I don't care about him. Hey, I don't know. First YouTube video up. Why everyone has a problem with Rock Lee's son, Metal? I know. Everyone has a I problem know. with this guy. Why everyone? Yeah, I see that. Right. Why everyone? It comes has a from problem. it comes from anime balls deep. <laughs> Follow them on YouTube. <laughs> what about Naruto? Explain why Metal Lee's ceiling is higher than you realize. Why he has more potential? I don't care about. Listen, I don't care about Metal Lee. I love Naruto. I can't love all these characters. Do you love every single? One Piece character? No. No, there's some giants that I'm like, blech. See, I believe that. See, I believe that. See, that means that you're an actual real fan because it's okay not to like everything. But I like everyone in the in sort of the core unit. I, you know, Metal like... Lee is not in the core <laughs> unit. I'll say that right now. He is the back burner having the Gatorade and the orange slices on the side of the... On the soccer field, ready to, to participate in. I just, oh my God, yeah, no, I stop talking about it. So you caught up with Boruto, or I'm you sorry. at least got back into Boruto. I, oh, no way. <laughs> you at least got back into Boruto. No way. More on that, more on that later, Are you? Friend. Oh, sure. I will save my question for later then, because my question, I feel, perhaps segues into the topic of the show. So I will save that. I will save will that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I I watched a, a lot of that, so I feel like I had a very, very anime-filled weekend. But tell me about yourself. What were you doing? I was playing more Persona 5 Strikers. Feeling good. Almost done. Just got to Dotenbori, which does m- seem as though it is the sort of last main jail for anybody who's played Persona 5 Strikers. Seems like it's the last main jail before, as you know, in every Persona game, we stop fighting humans and we go and fight God. It seems like that's going to be the next bit after this one. You all, uh, Yeah, exactly. You that's not a fight, spoiler. You always that's fight spoiler. God in Persona. always do it. So, again, I think this is the last one. This is like, I think I'm on the Shido's dungeon. How many gods have you slain? I mean, I've played every Persona game. You, I haven't beaten every Persona game. You haven't played... Haven't beat, wait, you've played Persona I 1. have not... Yes, I have played and beaten Persona 1. I have played and beaten Persona 2 Innocent Sin. I have not beaten Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, but I am inspired by Persona 5. I've re-downloaded it on the Vita. 
planning on playing it and committing to it this time. But yeah, I played three, I played four, I played five. I think you killed God in all of them. Vita lives. Vita lives for <laughs> PS1 classics anyway. Best way to play. So anyway, I spent yeah, I spent a lot of time on Persona 5 Strikers and I'm I'm feeling good about this platinum trophy, Steve. There's a couple trophies that seem like I'm going to have to grind for, but I'm in the mindset. I'm ready for it. Speaking of trophies, I got an important question for you. When I, when I finish Assassin's Creed Valhalla in 2023, <laughs> uh should I play either Yakuza 0 or should I do 13 Sentinels, another anime game? Ooh. Good choices. Easy Platinum, too. From the 13, sen- from 13 Sentinels, that's, very easy Platinum. That's why I brought it up. That's why you remind basically, me Basically, yeah, because ba- it's such a story. It's basically a visual novel, and it's so story-focused that it is pretty much just do everything and see everything, and, and you get the Platinum. There are a couple combat things in there. you gotta got to S-rank all the levels, but honestly, it's not that hard. Um, I think you'd be done with 13 Sentinels faster than Yakuza 0. Because you got to remember, Yakuza 0, you're going to be chugging along on that. Story's going great. Everything's going great. But then you're going to hit the Hostess Club minigame. And that Yakuza 0 is going to grind to a halt. And you're going to spend the next 10 hours as Majima running a Hostess Club. Mm, Well, I mean, I do love a good Majima Hostess Club. But if I can knock out a game first... Would you be okay if I played 13 Sentinels and did not jump into Yakuza 0 immediately? I would love for you to play 13 okay. Sentinels. I haven't been able to talk about that plot of that game with anybody. Okay, okay. so it, 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 this is Joe approved. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Game of game of 2020. I had, I had to delete Persona 5 Royale, get to that eventually, no. to make room for the oh, Apex Legends what update. You? What are you doing? Listen, man. Am I going to play Apex? You gotta, you gotta stop these Western American games, Sometimes. all right? We, all right, we only play Japanese games. You, the fact that you have not played Persona 5 Royal makes Persona me embarrassed 5. to be on this podcast. Makes me embarrassed to be on this Persona podcast. Persona 5. That counts for something. You don't know Maruki. Nope, never heard of her. Or him. <sighs> or him. him. That's, the do- that's the See, that's the it's because I haven't played it. Yeah, Kasumi, new best girl. Sorry, Makoto. I'm sorry, Makoto. I mean, actually, I don't blame that. She does. She loved her. Loved her character design when it came out. She's got a great arc. Great arc. Love her so much. Anyway, I did discover something that Steve. Everyone has their collection. We've talked extensively about your collection. I don't really have like. I don't really collect a lot of things, I suppose. But one thing I do enjoy finding is interesting alcohol. And recently announced, there is an officially branded Resident Evil liquor coming out soon. Herbal Spirit Cocolero is collaborating with Resident Evil Infinite Darkness to help promote the upcoming Netflix show. This comes from Brian Ashcraft at Kotaku East. Mm. The name Cocolero refers to coca leaf growers, and this herbal spirit is a blend of 17 botanicals, including guarana, ginseng, juniper, and non-psychoactive coca. As Paste Magazine points out, this Incan-spirited spirit is actually made in Ireland. The drink has a following in Japan, hence this Resident Evil-branded release. I ought to get me some hands on this. It's limited edition. It's going on sale this July. This sounds good. Good. And it's very green. 
heavily inspired by, of course, the Resident Evil biohazard zombie type looking thing. Now, tell tell me, Joe, would you be able to cut off your hand, put this on there for it to be reattached? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it's there you, for. You try that out first. <laughs> Ethan Winters. Have you just seen all of the shit Ethan Winters has been getting from Resident Evil 8? No, uh, I did read a funny thing where somehow his shirt <laughs> reconnects too in his hand. Oh, God. Yeah, I didn't see that. No, just everyone talking about how terrible of a character he is. Which I don't... I, I mean, I, coming out of Resident Evil 7, I was like... I didn't think he was terrible, but I didn't think he was, like, especially gripping either, so... But apparently he gets he just becomes terrible in Resident Unless Evil 8. You're playing for the villains. You're playing for Big Zombie Mama. For Lady Dimitrescu or whatever her name is. Big Lady. Anyway, this got me thinking, and I ended up going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, because I can't think. Of course, we, you know, branded, like, liquors, beers. There's always sorts of, all these sorts of sponsorships and partnerships going on. Of course, there were always all those liquors or beers. I think Johnny Walker had a partnership with Game of Thrones. I believe Amagong Brewing Company also had a partnership with Game of Thrones. Man, they probably regret that now. Yeah, no lie. There's always interestingly branded things. I'm pretty sure Boulevard Brewing of Kansas City had a had a Last of Us 2 partnership. Not a lot of, like, anime, weeby-type alcohols that I could find, especially anime. Video games, yes. Sega recently put out a bunch of branded sake that had, like, Pac-Man, Pac-Man characters on it, and one even had Kazuma Kiryu himself Ooh. punching you out while you're drinking your sake. So there are video game stuff, of course, but I couldn't find a lot of anime things. The only thing I could find is that back in 2018, when Devilman Crybaby was coming out, there was a Devilman Scotch. <laughs> okay. I just, I would not put... Devilman Crybaby having an official alcohol, and then it would be scotch. Nope, Devilman had scotch. Uh, there were only 252 bottles made, and every bottle cost about $261, and you can bet that's all gone, so I can't be getting my hands on that. But why, Steve? Why are there not a lot of anime-branded liquors? Why isn't there an Evangelion beer with exactly. the Sato's cover on it? Why not? Exactly, exactly. Or even, I would, you know, I would think maybe even Naruto. I found a Naruto-branded Ramune, the soda. <laughs> I see that. But I couldn't, but again, I couldn't find any sort of alcohol. I would assume One Piece, they're drinking, they're drinking beer quite a bit in One Piece. Because it's a real man show. Exactly, because we got we got Shanks out there. I'm pretty sure Blackbeard's out there drinking. I don't think Luffy's drinking beer. How old is Luffy? Now. He's probably now. like 12. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, even in like chapter 1000, he's still 12? <laughs> I don't know. How old rubber does strange things to the body. He doesn't age. He's a rubber man. <laughs> Luffy was 17 pre-time skip, 19 post-time skip. It's always two years. Did you ever notice that? It's always two. It's always like two or three years. Or like, it's fairy tale and it's seven years, but only two episodes. <laughs> was that the very end? No, was the, there is a time skip in the middle. No, fairy tale is the worst time skip where they fairy literally, they literally. Proving to be the saying, worst anime you've ever seen. Fairy tale has a time skip where 
they're all on this island doing this like crazy competition to figure out who's going to be sort of the next high ranking people in fairy tale. And the like main bad guy, Zarif shows up and essentially, and he summons the big dragon bad guy too, Acnologia. And they literally, Acnologia kills everyone. Good. Kills Natsu, Lucy, <laughs> Gray, everyone. And it's like this huge cliffhanger because then the next episode is seven years later. Maybe not seven years later. Maybe just a few years later. I don't know. It's years later and we're like catching up with what fairy tale people have been up to that weren't killed on this island. And then lo and behold, by the end of like episode two, they find a way to bring everyone back to life. It's like you couldn't you couldn't give us like an arc where you're holding us in suspense, where it's like 30 episodes, where it's like, is Natsu ever going to come back to life? Not two episodes well, later. I mean, there's, there's no stakes. It's fine. I So tell me, seven, seven years, is everyone hot? Everyone's always hot in fairy tale. So, but not, back to your main point, alcohol... Not, yeah, I can't think of any. There should be, I don't know, Naruto Sake. I mean, Tsunade is always drinking. Why not her? You would think. I get, you might, I mean, I get it because, like, especially things like Naruto, One Piece, what have you, geared towards also being family-friendly and children's shows. But, like you said, Evangelion, <laughs> I feel like that's right. The first episode of Naruto has someone stabbed <laughs> in the back with a giant shuriken <laughs> on his deathbed, basically tells Naruto to run away and collapses and dies. Family friendly. <laughs> yeah, but then he makes up for it by introducing Rock Lee and being like, whoa, I'm goofy. Whoa, <laughs> That's exactly how it <laughs> But you're but like like you said, like the more adult fair, I could I could see an Evangelion beer, give me a cowboy bebop whiskey. Yeah, whiskey. You know, whiskey. like that would be great. Or that would gin. be so hard boiled and great. Oh sure, yeah. Like Cowboy Bebop for sure should have some sort of branded alcohol that you can buy i wonder if it's just i don't know the world of that type of sponsorship maybe it's just difficult to get like a brewery company to like make enough to actually warrant it not just like one bottle sure and i don't know what liquor laws are like in japan either so i don't know know. he he definitely would so i don't know I, i don't know what would be needed for that sort of thing to happen either all i'm saying is I'm more than happy to set up those conversations. You're ready to be the middleman. Throw out some ideas. Dude, I I would throw it all away. I would throw everything away to go be like the guy who makes anime alcohol partnerships happen across Japan. Are you kidding me? Don't let your dreams be dreams. Do it. Yes. Let's go. All right. We just discovered we just discovered Joe's next job. That's that's your that's our next Patreon level. I mean, we do we I mean if we're reviewing it right now, we haven't we folks, we don't have a Patreon. This is a free podcast. There's no commercials. We're doing this out of the goodness of our heart. But if we do get a Patreon, our goals are now to buy out Crunchyroll because Funimation stepped up their subtitle game. Crunchyroll, it fell flat on your face. You let your competitor pass you. So we're going to buy out Crunchyroll, fire everyone in the all hands, if you remember. So that's like, I don't know, part one. And then the that's, second that's stretch the lowest goal. tier. That's the lowest <laughs> that's the stretch lowest. goal. Yeah. Uh, buy out Crunchyroll, fire everyone at all hands. And the other one is Joe. I mean, you have to do everything. Not only do you have to become a alcohol connoisseur. Done. But you also have to learn 
Japanese proficiently to be able to Ooh, strike these true. deals. Move to Japan too. Oh yeah, and and get your ba- masters of business. You did forget one of our other Patreon stretch goals, of course, Steve. Yu Yu Hakusho sequel. We're writing it. Dad, is it wait? Is this is this a that was something we came up? We could be. I don't think we ever hashed out the details on that, but we did decide Dad Kuwabara would be great, and we're writing the Yu Yu Hakusho sequel. Oh yeah, he was so good, Dad. Oh my god, can you imagine? And then we cannot have him go into any fights except for like one like episode fifty. He's like, I'll help you out, son. And it's just like the most batshit insane episode. We blow like forty million dollars on him. (laughs) (laughs) The the craziest lightning beam sword that you can possibly it's four it's forty thousand frames like, you know, every you know oh god. All the money's going towards the hair. Because you know Kuwabara's son is gonna have just as good a hair as Kuwabara. No, this is gonna be terrible and this is actually something from This, uh, this is why you have to watch Zambulance like, because someone also has like a crazy pompadour haircut. Is Kuwabara is himself going to have the haircut, but it's going to be drooped oh. a little bit. It's a little gray. Pompadour characters are always the best character, I will say, because there is another upcoming anime that also fe- heavily features a Pompadour character, and he's my favorite character, Shaman King. Shaman King's already out, isn't it? Not in America. Oh, yeah. I Thanks, forgot. Thanks, Netflix. I forgot. Thanks, Netflix. Okay. Oh, well, I do see people watching it on um, Reddit. I mean, I'm sure I could find it, but... Oh, yeah. I, I, I Just put a VPN. Use a VPN. True. Yeah, true, true. Well, let's get into the weeb week that was, shall we? A bit of a, a, bit of a sad beginning to the weeb week that was. Kind of caught everyone off guard a few days back. Berserk manga creator Kentaro Miura passes away at 54. Publisher Hakusensha announced last Thursday that berserk manga creator Kentaro Miura passed away on May 6th at 2.48 p.m. due to acute aortic dissection. He was 54. His family held a private service. Miura was born on July 11th, 1966 in Chiba Prefecture. He made his professional manga debut with the Futatabi Once More story in Kodansha's Weekly Shonen Magazine in 1985. Mira then published the one-shot version of the Berserk manga in Hakusensha's monthly Kamekomi magazine in 1988. He launched the full Berserk manga series in Hakusensha's monthly Animal House magazine in 1989, and the series continued in Hakusensha's Young Animal magazine until now. It has only 40. It has over 40 million copies in circulation. The Berserk manga follows Guts, a superhumanly strong warrior who wields a large sword as he wanders a dark medieval world filled with demons, corrupt and decadent nobles, and other horrors. Every night he is assailed by demons attracted to the curse branded on him after a traumatic event. He makes his way through the world on a quest to slay a former friend turned demon who took everything away from him. Hakusensha published the manga's 40th volume in Japan on September 28, 2018. Dark Horse Comics published the same volume in North America on October 8, 2019. The manga inspired a television anime series in 1997, as well as an anime film trilogy from 2012 to 2013. Another television anime series premiered in Japan in July 2016, and the second half of the new series premiered on April 2017. Rest in peace to a legend of manga. Definitely. Rest in peace. Even though I didn't read much manga, I definitely knew his work, his art style, just influencing so much and definitely too soon to be taken away from. Yeah, again, seemed like it it, there was no hint of anything um, 
seemed every the, the internet was just completely caught off guard and just re, you saw reactions flooding everywhere. I don't know if you saw all of the Final Fantasy 14 memorials that were happening as all of anyone who played a dark night in Final Fantasy 14 stood in vigil for him for like an entire day. Just yeah. In, just an impressive an impressive legacy that he leaves behind, of course. Definitely one of the manga I would want to read because I feel like that is the best way to honor and also to really get more engrossed in the series Berserk. The reason why I say that is because the anime, I'm just thinking the most recent one, 2016, was, you know, lampooned as being pretty terrible, the the 3D animation. But I feel like this 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 style of art, this character was always made for manga. Yeah, his drawings are so so detailed and so intricate and so beautiful. I've only seen scant pieces here or there. Berserk always been something that I I have never really dabbled in. I never watched any of the anime. I know the movies, I'm pretty sure, are supposed to be fairly well received. The the Golden Arc uh movies, yes, in 20, 2012, 2013, those are those are well received. Also the Golden Arc, I've I've been told, is like the best of of Berserk. Yeah, I mean it's supposed to be like one of the greatest story arcs in any manga or any anime ever. Is what is what people hi- hold it up on. So I'm inspired. This is a little bit of a spoiler for our later later topic, but I've I I'm definitely as someone who has never really messed around with Berserk. This definitely spurs my inspires me to. Go and go and read a little bit now. I think I'm going to go read some Berserk to to see what he left behind. Definitely well worth it. And you know, I may have to join you in that. Maybe this will be my first. Uh, well, not my first manga. I've read a lot of other manga, but the first one I picked up in a while. Makes sense. But rest in peace again. We definitely miss you, and you've you've influenced so many other artists to follow in your footsteps and have made the anime and manga world a better place. Continuing on with uh, some depressing stories, a former MAPPA animator described work conditions like a factory. This comes from Lindsay Loveridge from Anime News Network. Uh, Freelancer animator... Mushio explained why they chose to leave the studio MAPPA after a series of tweets on May 14th. According to Mushio, who worked on the most recent season of Attack on Titan, the studio was engaged in unhealthy work conditions during the series' run. Uh, Mushio questioned the decision to work for the company, describing the experience as being asked to fix drawings over and over and over again until the sun came up. Um, and uh, is why they quit. They criticized MAPPA's decision to work on four shows at the same time instead of properly training its team so that such corrections wouldn't be necessary. Uh, Mushio compared the work environment to a factory where the bottom right animators are tasked with correcting issues instead of drawing. Um, furthermore, their complaint wasn't unique. Quote, as far as I can tell, about 80% of the employees had similar complaints at the time. And with that too, MAPPA has took over the animating uh, the popular Attack on Titan series from Studio Wit, which which everyone um, knew about, which and was also just kind of surprised with the last season being covered somewhere else, and also Jujutsu Kaisen, Gymnastic Samurai. Do not know that one, and Zombieland Saga Revenge also coming out too. 
this isn't the first time we've heard about this, Joe, of animators being treated poorly, um, pay being very low, being uh, worked very long hours. And the reason why I bring it up is that's the only way that we're going to get traction is if everyone is being able to speak up about it, including our podcast and show. And hopefully it resonates and changes something that this does need to stop. And we do love MAPPA. They do do a lot of work. And we've even commented that MAPPA is doing so many shows. But at what cost we sometimes have to ask as consumers of these shows. Yeah, certainly props to Mushio for coming forward and putting this out there. Very brave. Very yeah, brave. Yeah, because surely there are many people who are not going to be happy that he that he chose to do that. So if if it if it affects some sort of change and if, you know, if it makes the working conditions better across the entire industry for people trying to work their way up. I mean, this is an art form that so many people love and they get excited to to be a part of it. And again, it kind of harkens back, I think we've talked about it, similar-esque to the conversations happening in the, the video game development industry recently in terms of, again, long hours, working conditions, are people being treated fairly, compensated fairly, and just like, we all want to make good shit. Can't we also like have lives while we make that? So yeah, I think it is important to be talking about, and it'll be interesting to see the ramifications of this, especially with MAPPA, because yeah, they have just every year seemingly ramped up production schedule in terms of like, we're doing this many shows, now this many shows, now this many shows. So will this, will we start to see a bit of a slowdown from them? I guess only time will tell. Or, or pay your people better. If you're going to work them like this, then give them a pay raise. If you're asking them to do so much, that's the least you can do. I would prefer that you cut back on work and give people a vacation and be able to you know, have a normal life. But if for whatever reason you can't do that, then make the pay well worth it. I mean, certainly, definitely, yeah, make, make sure the pay is, is a fair thing. But I think pay can only do so much especially it's true who, I'm, I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to like oh cut, for sure like, for like, sure for sure it's just you know who knows if it was an exaggeration mushio saying fixing drawings until the sun came up was that an exaggeration was that translation was that true if your workers are working until the sun comes up that is probably very unhealthy regardless of how much money they are getting so yeah certainly again it's all it's all a big consideration that in the that, that, that have to be made here but treat people well. Treat people well. I mean, Steve doesn't complain when I make him record podcasts until from you know three a.m. to six a.m. in the morning. So. Guy, please help me. I don't know why he keeps. He, I, I, this is like the fourth time I've been doing this segment, and he won't, he won't let up. Steve, one more time. <laughs> Joe, Joe, take us to something wholesome. I know we had two two important stories, but dark stories there and and sort of sort of downer stories so i wanted to bring in some wholesome content coming brian ashcraft at kotaku east thank you brian ashcraft for giving so many stories for us to talk about 93 year old youtuber loves 
racing games. This has become a new sensation and I urge everyone to go on YouTube and look up at the very least the, the video 93 year old grandpa exclamation mark exclamation mark driving his car 30 years ago in a racing game and it is literally just a video of a 93 year old man using a video game racing wheel controller to race cars in a video game and he is racing the cars that he owned 30 years ago. It even says in the description this is the Mazda Savannah RX-7 that I actually owned since 1990. And it is just, again, it is just a 93-year-old man being happy to experience the driving that he used to do when he was younger. And if it does not put a smile on your face, you have no soul. Does it say what type of game this is, too? I mean, yes, it's a racing game, but is this, like, Gran Turismo? I'm just thinking, like, what game has... I guess you can mod it in, like, those old cars... Mazda Savannah RX-7 is not, you know, it's not like a Ferrari or anything. It does not say in the description what game they are playing. It does not say that. It looks like it's on a, it's, it is on a, on a computer laptop, so I'm, that's why I'm guessing it's probably modded. But, you know, good for him. Living out his best life, taking a trip back to memory lane, memory lane driving these cars, racing them. I mean, uh I just love because my uh, my family actually own a Mazda themselves, and I could not imagine putting that on the Indy 500 Speedway because uh, that thing would probably fall apart. But you know, in a video game, you know, any of your dreams can come true. Who cares? And this man has been around cars forever. Just to give some context on this man, during the 1960s, he was a taxi driver in Tokyo, and then he drove dump trucks through the from the 1970s through the 1990s. So, driving. His passion, and he gets to live it out at 93, and it makes me so happy. I I, I hope I, I I grow that old and also am able to do something like that myself. I'm not sure driving, but hmm, maybe putting model fig- figures together. That's exactly that's, that's exactly. probably the closest what, thing for me. Fitting Asuna's sword just one last time into her hand. Oh, God, I have too many, <laughs> so many Asuna figures. She's not even my favorite sword art. Why is that? You keep saying that. Who Sinon? Ooh, uh, is she your favorite? Who's your Who's your yeah, favorite? Yeah, I would say Sinon's probably my favorite. Uh, mm. Yeah, I know. I guess I just like her, her her backstory more, and also her character designs typically. Oh, she's great. Yeah. I, I mean, she's great. Love uh, her introducing Gun Gale. Yeah, Gun Gale. Yeah, Gun-Gale. still one of my favorite arcs of it all. We're not We're not gonna play. Not gonna play that game. Imagine if I started that game, the Gun Gale game, instead. Of 13 Sentinels, you'd probably kill me in my sleep. <laughs> I just, because again, no, I would be very curious. I would want to watch you play it because I'm, again, just so curious about how the gun mechanics work in that game. It's probably really like like auto target lock on and you're just holding down a button and you're just strafing back and forth just shooting. You probably play as seen on in the beginning in the in the opening, and then you don't see her for another like sixty hours in the game until I, I've played this game too many times. I've played these types of games too many times. Anyway, I'm gonna give a shout out to Alice, my favorite Sword Art Online character girl. Anyway, Yu-Gi-Oh, my favorite character. Figure. But my my Yu-Gi-Oh is my favorite um, disembodied sword. Spoilers. Show's over. <laughs> no, it's not the inter intelligence war we're going yes we're going it we've went to space and we're going to a cold war between america and south korea japan something i don't know 
There's there's spies afoot. Damn it! Oh, I cannot wait. Can't wait. Bring it back. Give us. And the ah! only way we could fight is, of course, of course, in a virtual world. When does freaking Progressive come out? Doesn't that come out this year? Let me see. Stall, stall for me. Anime, SOA. As Steve looks that up, I will begin to explain that, hey, we've got a topic of the show that we are going to talk about that we have teased a little bit throughout all this. Steve's Boruto plays a little bit into it. My new berserk fascination plays a little bit into it. We're talking backlogs. I think Steve was inspired by the fact that... He got to check off some things from his backlog this weekend. But as we all well know, the backlog is never done. We are always, always having shows to watch. New shows keep coming, old shows keep staying, and forever and always, we will have anime to watch. Q4 2021. There you oh, go. Baby. Oh, baby. That's when the, it's the movie, remember? It's a movie. Yes, yes, right. yes. But yeah, we're talking backlogs. Uh, I was inspired by that, obviously, as you mentioned before, through my anime solo party by myself from just with a tub of ice cream watching anime, just like the only way to watch anime, and was looking like, damn, I got a lot of stuff in my backlog. So not only, Joe, what do I want us to go back and see what shows, movies, manga that we should enjoy, but what's our plan? To actually tackle them. Let's not talk. No, we're listen. This is serious. Not just talk about them. We gotta put some action to this. We gotta hold ourselves accountable. Okay, okay. So the first, the first one I have talked about Boruto. Love Naruto. Boruto happened. Started watching a little bit of Boruto back when it came out. I don't even know when Boruto came out. What two years ago? And I ended on episode. <laughs> Joe, you. Fucking hate this show so much. The episode I ended was titled "The Hardest Rock in the World." No, <laughs> no. Yes, the and it it is near with Metal's father. That's all the other side of anxiety. So the hardest rock in the world. It's like let me watch the last episode. Uh, first fight, it's during the Kage Summit where basically all the leaders of the big nations come and meet and talk about, I don't know, UN stuff and never actually amount to doing anything. And uh, I was completely lost. So I think I may, I don't want to, I don't, honestly, I don't want to go back. I'm not going to go back. I'm going to push through. But what I'm going to do, I got to get back into Boruto because I'm looking at these previews, I'm seeing new characters. Got the itch, so I have to devote myself to be watching at least two or three episodes a week to catch up. Because I can't watch one episode a week because I'll be perpetually behind. So I got to watch at least two or three episodes a week to start covering up some ground, and I commit that to you. Now, hear me out. Yeah. You could read the manga, and it might go a little faster. <sighs> I could. But... I, I I would have to start from the beginning. I guess I don't have to start from the beginning. I would start right in the middle. Maybe I maybe I do need to start from the <laughs> beginning. Maybe I don't know a damn thing. Maybe Naruto is just too complex. Maybe oh Naruto god! Complex. So no, much it's not that building. complex. <laughs> just a lot of just filler and top of filler. And you're like, is this important? I don't know yet. We'll find out soon, and then I'll regret it back. You know. Oh, a few of these down the round, but like, do you really have to see that 
alternate universe where Sasuke is a playboy and Hinata is just strutting around trying to pick up boys. And damn right, I had to do that. That was a great filler arc they had in, in Shippuden. Dream world. Of course, there's always a dream world. Just like in Demon Slayer. Great, great content. Just, great content. Just like in Fairy Tale when they go to the alternate dimension. Is not is Naruto same level as Fairy Tale? That's crazy. No, of what same level? What do you mean? Everything. Everything. Tra- Everything. T- Nar- pretty sure Naruto and Naruto's way better. Natsu are pretty much the same character. I- Gray and Sasuke, pretty much the same <laughs> character. <laughs> I got, but I think like just Naruto is just better overall, in terms of that quality. Hey, listen, you still have to watch your Rock Lee episode that because you lost in our game last week. True. Maybe it'll be the hardest rock in the world. It'd be the hard, second hardest rock in the world. But I commit that I gotta get back into the Naruto life. Gotta do it. Fair enough. I, okay, then I maybe misunderstood the question in terms of the backlog. So there are the perennial hanger-ons, and here maybe some of the commitments will be a little stronger, a little firmer. So I I did put one piece on here that is a perennial hanger-on that I feel I will never catch up on, but I'm trying my damnedest. I have a plan for that. I'm reading the manga instead of watching the anime. See? They, no, that's all I want. See, look, you're doing stuff. Why don't you just skip, skip the anime, wa- re- read the manga. It's going to get you through there faster. I think at this point it makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. I put fairy tale on you. Here's my plan. Delete fairy tale right off that list. <laughs> you're so close to the end. Just going to delete fairy tale You're so tale right close to the end. Kenshin. Yes. Kenshin's a perennial hanger on. We are there. Like, we are there. We we're, have probably, we're close. I think we have, like, 20, 25 episodes. That is, that's And they're all month, good episodes. Right? They're all good, exactly. they're all and, good and, episodes. Exactly, and we're in, the, we're in the meat of it right now. So I've got to just commit to that, I think, being the first thing up. I think we, we just, it's all Kenshin to the end, barrel to the end. That's that's where life is right now. Then after Kenshin, I, I want to recommit to JoJo. Oh, yeah. You made a... You you made a man. You got hooked. I forgot. I, I believe his name was Brian. I'm sorry, Brian. You're listening to probably our show. If your name is Brian, you, <laughs> you wrote you wrote in to us and said like you should watch JoJo. And Joe has been got hooked on it. I did. I mean, I I really I really I really enjoy it. I I mean, it's not like I'm squelching on the deal. The deal was I'll watch the first season to to give my thoughts and now I'm in the middle of Stardust Crusaders but I have been in the middle of Stardust Crusaders for a while so I need to get back into that I need to commit to that so there are again much like your Boruto I have again those hanger-ons where I, I again I'm so committed and I just need to to really make sure I give them their due I, I mean my similar one just to piggyback off on that Food Wars season four. Am I ever gonna finish this fucking show? I have no idea. I've I've had it. I mean, this aired what almost a year ago. Season four. It's the last season. I started it, and it's just so painfully average and not good. And I heard it's not good. Um, I well, I mean, like not X arm levels of bad. Like it's like it's not bad, but it's just like the the. The hook, the whole thing is worn out its welcome about 
people getting ecstasy over eating food about uh, uh, eventually the politics of like food being the most important thing in the world, similar to like Yu-Gi-Oh! where card games turn into the most important thing in the world. It's food and cooking. And I feel like I got to finish it. I'm near the end. I don't, I don't want to be like Joe like with Fairy Tale and just quit right at the end. I, They're in Hokkaido. I was about to say, this should this this is your fairy tale, Steve. Honestly, we don't have to, we don't have to finish things, Steve. It's a beautiful feeling. It's a freeing feeling. If we're not enjoying it, did I tell you that I used to not do that? Everything I started when I started watching anime, I finished. Like Moromi Sam, my my perennial punching bag about the mermaids who just love cucumbers so much. Yeah, I'm like, I watched the first episode of this. I'm like, gotta finish this all twelve or thirteen episodes. Don't remember a thing. That's why I've watched all of High School of the Dead. Well, I mean, that's well known. But terrible. No, no one remembers Moromi Sam. I'll tell you that oh. right now. People remember High School of the Dead. But not for good reasons. Not for good reasons. No, no, no. Anyway, I, I. I don't know. I, I say I I, I, I'm putting it. my I'm putting my votes towards if you're not enjoying it, there's a lot of other things to watch, Steve. You know what? You're right. I'm going to officially put it on my any list. I'm going to mark it. There is a section called dropped and I'm officially going to mark it dropped. Whoa. Whoa. Dead. All right. A weight off the shoulders. Food Wars. Sorry, Food Wars. I tried. What other show you got on your list? So these are shows that I that have been popping into my head. These are always the shows that kind of pop into my head when I'm thinking of, oh, yes, this is a show that people have told me to watch forever. And certainly these are shows that I, I know I want to get to. And there are a little bit of some older ones in there. I, I didn't really throw any of the newer stuff, even though there is certainly new stuff on my backlog. I kind of I want to pull a U with Moriarty maybe this weekend. Long weekend. We got that 3-day weekend coming up. I I mean I know I got to watch SSSS.Dynazenon, which I believe is done and I think it's only 12 episodes long. So maybe I'll just this weekend try to do literally all of that. But that's not on the list. That's not on the list. Other shows that I definitely want to get to Gurren Lagann, which has always been on the list, on the perennial list, so maybe it's the time, maybe it's the time. Iron-Blooded Orphans. Ooh, talking my language now. Or any Gundam. I feel like Iron-Blooded Orphans is the one that's been recommended me to the to me the most by you, of course, but also just around. Uh, and it certainly sounds the most interesting of any Gundam, but I've never seen a Gundam. Never watched Gundam. Gundam Wing's good. I, I mean, the benefit of Iron Blood Orphans is that it's done with more modern animation. Even though I know you, you don't, you're not against that, but I just like it because the people literally start from nothing, and I think that you usually don't see that in Gundam, where it's usually some type of ace pilot, uh, while these people are just like backwater mercenaries who just get their literally their first job, and eventually you know make connections, do deals after deals. It's a it's a show that's up to 50 I think it's like 55 episodes so you see the whole journey and that's why it's one of my favorites. Yeah, it certainly seems more grounded than other Gundams it's that I It's definitely I've, more grounded. I've at least know a little bit about. So there's that, there's Haruhi Suzumiya, of course, which is oh, again, I think you you would, oh, like, I would, it. It. You would I, like I would like Haruhi Suzumiya. I know I would love it. 
it sounds I love the weird avant-garde sort of things you've said kind of start to come up in that show I know I know I would love it and then the last one being slam dunk which Mm. I'll be honest I mean one it's a little older so I know it's a classic like it's always one people hold that up as like the best sports anime ever and I have been missing some sports anime not having Haikyuu around I kind of miss it. I want a sports anime. There's something about a sports anime that's just so good. So I might give Slam Dunk a shot, but I'll leave it to you right now, Steve. Here's how we'll make the plan. Of those four shows, where should I start? So you got Haruhi, you got Gurren Lagann, Iron Blood Orphans, and Slam Dunk? Yes. I'm going to say Go Easy. In terms of length, do Harry, Susan, Mia. It's like 12 episodes. No, 24. No, I think it's actually... Oh, my God. I don't know. See, you know what? You know what's throwing me off? I'm, I am know there's two seasons, and I know you have the Endless Eight, which is weird. And I know there's films. You don't have to watch the films. I'm telling you that right now. They're fine. Uh, so I'm well, looking... the Melancholy. Isn't the Melancholy a movie? The Melancholy? Yeah, the melancholy of you mean Haruhi, the, you mean you mean the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya. Oh, sh- sure, she sure. disappears. Okay, so that's, people hold that up as like being the best of the no, of it's the good, series. it's good, it's good. But I'm feeling like, you see, I'm trying to see what you did for me in terms of Yakuza Zero and Thirteen Sentinels. I'm like, okay, what's the easiest one to knock out? And so I'm thinking like, okay, it's either going to be Gurren Lagann or he- Mar- Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. They're both 24 episodes, which is the standard for anime. So flip a coin between them. Okay. Flip a coin just, yeah. between those okay. two. Okay. See what you feel like. Do you want to watch something uh, shoujo or shonen? Exactly. No, that's the thing. That's really do, I, do I want high-octane mech or do I want kind of chill slice of life with maybe some supernatural stuff? And I'm going to be honest, Steve. It might be that slice of life with some supernatural Ooh. stuff. I actually do own the Blu-rays. It's crazy. Very few anime do I actually like buy. Because, of course, you can stream everything. But if I buy something, it's because I really liked it. But speaking of sports anime, got Haikyuu on there. You know we've talked about it. Ooh. We've talked about sports anime. Never finished free. Dropped that one. That is one I was, I was, not, I was okay with dropping. Did not like season three where that was going off. I know we talked about the movie <laughs> with the, the final uh, stroke. The final stroke. Not the hardest rock in the world, though. This is the final stroke. But Haikyuu. Gotta watch Haikyuu. Everyone loves it. You have you, to. You said you it's like. To. You said, I mean, if I lost my virginity watching Naruto. No, uh, Rock Lee dropped some weights. Same for you, watching all these uh, volleyball games with Haikyuu. Why? Well, I. I... I don't want to say when I lost my virginity, but I started watching Haikyuu in the last like year and a half to two years, Steve, <laughs> and just powered through so I, it. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it flew by. It was so good, much like losing my virginity. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fa- family friendly show. Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, it's not. Dropped a few f bombs already, but yeah, Haikyuu. You've talked about it so much. If I'm going to watch any sports anime, it's going to be that one, since I typically watch. The quote weird sports anime such as dancing. I would love for you to give it a shot. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what your take on it will be. I don't know if you'll be as sucked into it as I was. I was. Re- I just was so drawn into those characters, and I think. I mean, the animation is so gorgeous. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
if you'll vibe with it the same way, but I think the quality is is so strong that there's a shot. Okay. Definitely have it on the list. Also on my list, this is coming from Emily all the way over in Japan. We've talked about this, the Monogatari series. You've piqued my interest on this. Gotta watch it. Just essentially yokai and supernatural spiritual stuff happening in Japan. Apparently, you should just watch them in the order of the shows that came out. Even though, if you did look at it, yes, like, for example, the... I'm just... Don't... Don't quote me on this, but, like, the third series, for example, technically is, like, the first one in the beginning. Like, Yakuza 0 didn't come out first. But, you know, it is technically the first in the... You know, in terms of timeline... But everything else, I mean, like, just watch them in order as they came out. That's, I think, for most things, the way to do it. I think release order is is always, by and large, the best. Because it's like, you're not going to tell someone to watch The Phantom Menace first. Whoa, you could watch The Phantom Menace night. You could, but they wouldn't could. They wouldn't really want to watch after you, you get them Oh, through this the prequel, nice young boy is becoming the prequel the trilogy, Jedi. And they're going to be like, wow, I can't believe that they made six more of these and I'm not watching any of them. Wow, I can't believe Obi-Wan Kenobi got so old and is not doing acrobatics anymore. It's only been, what, like five years since? Yeah. So no, I think you, yeah, I think release order is is generally speaking the way to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monogatari series on the list to do. Thank you, Emily, for convincing me. What else you got on here? Well, that ties up my shows. I have some movies. I have some manga. I am intrigued by some things on your list, Ooh. though, because I don't know what they are. What is Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju? Ooh, so this... So, to be fair, I was talking about this with uh, Callie over the weekend. She's watched this show, but... I have heard of this show, and it was just one of those things, like a ship passing in the night. I never got into it. It is essentially the story of, in in Japan's uh, Showa Genoku era, which is in the 60s and 70s, basically just the art of storytelling in front of an audience. It is very, you know, shoujo in that uh, aspect. Two seasons has been well regarded as just a very strong show in terms of its story about its characters because they are essentially telling stories which have some type of reflection in their own upbringing too and you know you do have a lot of delving into the past of yukumo's uh time during world war ii which again i'm always interested in because that's rarely like really depicted in japan of you know their time in uh World War Two, and with that, I definitely want to watch it and see it. I mean, you know me, I always love a good historical anime. One of the reasons why I've been watching um, Moriarty and why I loved uh, Golden Kamui, interesting time period, and why I'm always interested also, like one of the selling points originally for me watching Demon Slayer was it's like, oh, interesting uh period that's also you know early 1900s that's usually not covered so showa genroku raku shinchu gonna be watching it i i love the idea of rakugo i've never seen rakugo live but i know what it is it's the very 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 old style of storytelling 
kind of similar, I think, in time period to Kabuki theater and no theater and has a huge lineage where it's it's basically just someone kneeling in front of you and telling a story and they don't really move their bodies very much. I know someone in New York actually has a show or at least had a show. I don't know if it's coming back post COVID, but there was like a long running Rakugo show in a theater in New York City that I never got around to seeing. But this, yeah, just the idea of following these different performers and telling their stories and watching them tell their stories. This looks, this looks great. It's Studio Dean, our favorite Kenshin animators. I got to see what they went up to and put a modern spin on their stuff. I don't recognize them as Kenshin. I recognize them for, of course, their magnum opus, Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Bully movie in one ninety minute spectacular. Oh my god, the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, they did. Uh, Haven't you heard? I'm Sakamoto. That's good. Oh, and uh, Konosuba. Oh, they've gotten around. They got some good. Oh, stuff. they've been they around. Gotta... Yeah, they've been around forever. I think they do Log Horizon too, or some of Log Horizon. Listen, I only got time for one VMR or MORPG, whatever that long right. uh, title is. No, we That's made our choice. We made our choice. We we, we made our bed already. Yeah. Another one I have on here is. Chiha ya furu, Chiha furu, uh, which I've also been, you know, told is a great show. Um, not not with uh, not with not with shogi, but again, actually, you know, playing a type of uh card game competitively, and it is a type of romance slice life, and you know, since I loved. March comes on like a lion. I'm like, I am all down for this. And I've always been told it's good. I mean, it's really that. I'm, I'm sold on the card games. I'm sold on the slice of life. I know the entire story is going to be really told out in these card games. The matches they go up against about the backstories of the opponents. And I have nothing else to say. I've been hearing great things, and I'm going to watch it. It's been three seasons, too. How many seasons... Do shows get 76 episodes? I have no idea when the hell I'm going to watch it. Wow. Yeah, this uh, is long. Whoa. This is long. This is but long. It's done, this is but it is done. It, it looks yeah. like. I'm ready Damn to cry. It, Steve, you just, you, you hit me. You hit me. Another hang around. I, I got to finish March Comes In Like a Lion. <sighs> now that's very good. That one I cried. I, I love it. I really love it. I don't know, I don't know why I, I stopped watching it. Other than Karuta. time, I would imagine. But I, re- yeah, I loved that show. I, I think I'm like 12 or 13 episodes in. Karuta is a Japanese playing cards, mid 16th century. Hmm, don't know what this is at all. I'd be interested to learn. Looks almost like mahjong, but it is not mahjong. I'm sure someone is probably yelling at me right now. But I'm interested to learn it. I. Almost want to say you can play this in a Yakuza game. Oh, of course you can probably play this in a Yakuza game. Someone, there's one of those. In one of those, you played once and never touched it again. So the last things I have. Well, <laughs> Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Another just like love romance show uh, that I never got to uh, because I think just so many came out during that time period uh, when this show aired. Uh, but. I've heard it's a little bit more in the psychological and supernatural drama. And, you know, it's just about a boy, uh, Sakuta, when he meets a teenage actress girl, Mai, dressed as a bunny girl, wandering through a library. 
and but it's not being noticed by anyone else. You realize that he's the only one he can see her, even when she's dressed normally or attempting to stay away from celebrity life. Uh, it's, it goes into adolescence <laughs> syndrome. He just kind of just saw, goes into the mystery of why he's seeing this girl. So I have heard this is great and definitely seemed like something I would be watching. But I think, let's see, if this came out, looking at the anime television series, October 2018, so fall of 2018, going to do some quick history right now. What was I watching then? And I'll kind of determine why. So let's go with fall of the year 2018. What was I watching fall of 2018? Okay, so Sword Art Online Alicization came out during that time. So you got that. We had Zombieland Saga, the first one, so I was watching that. Golden Kamui Season 2, I was watching that. And going down, going down. Oh, oh, wow. Uh... Oh, God. Asubi Asubase, I've been watching that. I was Persona 5, the animation. I checked out that. So there was a lot of stuff I was checking out at that time and just never got to this. And I'm pretty sure I had stuff probably from the previous uh, season that was a hangover that I was trying to finish up to. A lot of good stuff during that time. Goblin Slayer came out. Oh, Reincarnated as a Slime, too. So, I know I never actually continued that because I'm like, I only can watch so many of these isekai but i did start that one and you know it, it it rose to the top of being one of the better ones as you know it is more you know it is popular right now and still going on but i was just watching too much at that time i would join you in rascal does not that's that's one i've always has always also piqued my interest and in, in been on the list forever ever since it came out but yeah i was just definitely watching too many other things at that time to fit that one in but now mm-hmm. we do have some movies we have some movies to, to talk about and these should hopefully be like easy fixes we just have to devote an evening or two to some of these some of these movies uh, i have something i've always wanted to go for and have never found the time to fit any of them in is every Makoto Shinkai movie that came out before your name, because I've never seen any of his work prior to your name. I've, of course, seen your name and Weathering With You, loved them both so, so much, and I've always wanted to go back. I've heard very good things about his earlier work as well, so it's not like your name was kind of a coming out for him. It seemed like he had been around for forever and has, again, had some very well-received things, and someday I'll do it. I can actually talk about that. I actually have seen a lot of his uh, older works, and I have to say, I love Five Centimeters Per Second. It's, um, again, I'm not going to spoil it. It's told in three hard arcs, like literally like, you know, episode one, episode, episode two, and three, about different time periods in a boy and a girl's life. I mean, it not, not really well. Like, all of his, like, works have, like, a love story, you know, attached to them, some type of thing. And it's, like, you know, beginning, like, meeting early, middle, and then, like, adulthood. Uh, loved it so much. Uh, definitely got choked up at the end. But is that really a surprise? No. But, yeah, five centimeters... Well, all of them are good. But five centimeters per second... 
definitely one of my favorites. Maybe that's a weekend thing as well, because I know some of them are pretty short. I'm pretty sure some of them are only like 60 minutes, 70 minutes long. I, I think there's some that aren't quite feature Oh, yes. Length, yeah, so. like like She and Her Cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of that stuff is pretty quick. Uh, but five, five centimeters per second, I feel like was probably the breakout. Yes, that's movement. the one everyone kind of holds up in a very high regard. The Place Promised in Our Early Days too, also good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, again, there's so many great ones that came out before your name. That's yeah, do myself a service and watch some, watch some great great films. The film I have are Perfect Blue and Millennium Actress, two show two movies that are very uh, when I say old, I mean they're not that old, but uh, have been held as you know very high regard as being some of the best, uh, some influential anime uh, movies. Perfect Blue, you know, really about almost essentially wrote the book before it of social media presence and trying to struggle and deal with being famous for being famous. Uh, always wanted to see that. And Millennium Actress, this is a 2001 uh, drama by Madhouse by uh, Satoshi Kon. I think, have you seen this? Both Satoshi Kon, uh, Blue, Perfect Blue and Millennium Actress, have yep. not seen Millennium Actress, love Satoshi Kon. I have my own Satoshi Kon on my movie list that we can get to in a second as well. So this is perfect blending. Have not seen Millennium Actress. Should really see most Satoshi Kon. Love him. He, of course, did Paranoia Agent, which you might remember if you're a long-time I, 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 I listener. Watched I watched it. Oh, I know, no, I know you've watched it, but long-time listeners might remember was on my top five anime list on our very first episode. So I love Satoshi Kon. Gotta watch Millennium Actress as well. And the last one I have in movies is The Wind Rises. Never saw this work of uh, Miyazaki. Always wanted to see it. Surprises me. You've seen well, it too, I'm assuming? The- I have seen it. Yes, I have seen it. Love it. I really, really like this movie. I think it's 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 very different than what you typically associate with Miyazaki. People think of Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle or it's these very fantastical situations. Wind Rises has. I, I know it's more grounded on the, on the making of the Japanese Zero. Definitely. Definitely. So it's, it's a much more intimate, smaller tale, but it still has some very it has some like whimsical sequences that that take advantage of the of the animation but i would yeah especially as a as a history buff i would imagine you would have i know i know i'm surprised i just never got to it i actually have the collected works of uh miyazaki right over here to my left and it's on there should watch it should you know i've heard great history too the zero known as one of the best fighters of uh world war ii and the Allies were only able to really overcome it. This is just a quick history lesson because it was actually kept intact. It was actually shot one down and was left intact, and they were able to dissect it and find out the it had trouble um, doing inside turns, and so they could so you know a uh, American fighters be able to use those taxes against it. But with that, I would love to see the history and the formation and manufacturing of it initially. As told by Miyazaki, who also, I believe, loves flying or always had a passion for flying uh, in terms of his works and incorporating that in there. Always very, I, I yeah, again, really, really like this movie. feel like it's one of his more underrated works. And always makes me wonder why he's coming back for 
whatever this mystery project is that he's been working on. Because he, of course, announced his retirement. Every, every time he says he's going to retire, oh, he always oh, does I know, this. I know, but The Wind Rises this. is such the whole, so many of the themes of the movie is like, what is the legacy you leave behind? What do you want to create and what, what are you going to leave behind? So it feels like such a capstone on his career that unsatisfied. He was out there picking up trash one day and he was like, I got an idea for a movie. You think Demon Slayer is going to take my spot for, for too long? No way. I'm coming <laughs> back, baby. So yeah, my la- my other movie, my Satoshi Kon that I had put on there is Tokyo Godfathers, which I've always heard is, is also very, very good. Maybe I just need to add Satoshi Kon to my list. I could I could do for a perfect blue rewatch as well, because that movie is that and Paprika, those movies are freaking whoo hoo hoo baby. Yeah. Well well I mean we have a perfect thing when we do our uh you know, when we move out we have our own watch parties coming over. We'll have to like, you know, set up a schedule when we're gonna be watching. And I do have some manga. Yes, of course. Manga's always f- always filtering around in the background. I am getting near the end of Pluto. Getting near the end. And, oh, my. Wow. Can't wait to get my thoughts on that one. Because, wow. Jeez. The things he's doing. The things he's doing to Astro Boy is just like, what is this? It's crazy. In a good way. But... I do, of course, as I hinted earlier, I now have been piqued to perhaps read some Berserk. Maybe that'll be the kind of next one that I pick up. Uh, Billy Bat, because, of course, I need to continue reading all of Naoki Urasawa's work when I am done with Pluto, and Billy Bat is kind of the next one up that is held in high regard. And then I've mentioned it before, but Ashita Nojo. I'm also very, very interested in sports manga, boxing, very, very old, from like yes. the 60s, I believe and is always, again, held up in that that very vaunted spot of being like, this is the best. This is still the best. So still want to check those out as well. Although, it's finally happening, Steve, next week. What is happening next week? Next week, we're finally getting it. Volume 9 of Shibuya Goldfish. Oh, no. It's is that the last one? Back. Nope. Nope. They're going to volume 11, which is still incoming. Volume 10 has not been translated to English yet. Volume 9 is just about to come out in English next week. What's going, what is the secret behind these goldfish? We don't know. Volume we don't know, but they're about to. They're trying to release a pathogen to kill them all right now. And the sable's alive, Steve. The Shibuya sable's alive. But as we move away from the backlog... We continue on to the Wheels of Fate, which is our weekly recurring segment where we've been told there's no good place to start or watch Fate, unlike the Monogatari series. So we've taken that way too seriously and have been watching every single Fate spinoff movie, short, cooking, teaching, typing episode, you name it, I have it, and we've been watching it. And for this week, our homework was to watch today's menu on the, for the Emmy family, episode eight, Tokusa Rin's Chop Suey Fried Rice. Episode eight. Joe, what did you think of this wholesome, perfect episode of Fate? It's great. This show's great. This show's great, Steve. Like, it is, <laughs> it is, it shouldn't be great. And yet, every time we watch it, I'm like, man, because it's not. Because it is actually trying to do something. It's trying to, like, give you 
very wholesome moments with these characters and, and even kind of explore these relationships in different ways. And it's it's not the parody that I would have thought it was from like Carnival Phantasm or other sorts of shorts that we've watched in the Fate universe. No, this is like kind of giving you a nice, it's very peaceful. It's a very nice, peaceful show. There's no stakes. The highest stakes is don't burn the rice. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. We don't want that happening. And in this episode, too, just to recap for everyone. So who knows when this actually takes place in the Fate universe. But essentially, you have uh, Shido and uh, at Rin's mansion. Uh, Rin, is, I guess, is looking for books in a dusty old uh, the basement for magic. And Shido is just helping him out. And eventually, he's like, hey, it's, it's getting on lunchtime. And because he's been helping cleaning, Rin's like, I'll make you some I'll make you some lunch. Why don't you take this stuff up to my room and also call Sakura over? Why is Sakura even there? I don't know why. Is she actually living with Rin at this time? I don't think so. I thought Sakura's living with uh, Shiro in this giant like hotel of uh, of a house. But uh with that they make fried rice and everyone enjoys it and has a great time and uh that's it really. And that's all I want. It's 12, 12 minutes long. You talk as such as every single episode. At some point, I don't know if we're going to do this today because I don't think we're prepared for it, but we got to rank these fate openings because this one's up there. This one's a, this one is a bop. I was jamming out to this one today. Everyone's so happy, so peaceful. No one's caring about the grail war. We just want to make good some good spin-off openings. This Carnival Phantasm, of course, we've raved about. Carnival Phantasm is a great, great opening. openings. Maybe not on the scale of some of the more epic openings from, say, Fate Zero. I still put probably opening two from Fate Zero at the top of the Fate openings list. But we should we do we should do a rundown and and remind ourselves and then rank these Fate openings because I don't really remember any of the none of the Prisma Ilya ones really did it for me. I don't think. I remember second season, and that's it. Really, like, no. I to be honest, I do really like the Fate Zero opening. That one is good. Carnival Phantasm, do like the other ones, because I can't remember them. I'm assuming I'm not really, I'm not really attached to them. Fair, fair. I mean, that if I don't remember it, then you know, that's it. Really, Steve, let me make a pitch to you. Okay. So I, this this episode of this show got me thinking because, of course, it's a cooking show and it's a very peaceful cooking show. And as you just ditched a cooking show, you just dropped a cooking show. It's true. If you want really, really well-told slice-of-life cooking shows, you ever watched the show Midnight Diner on Netflix? Midnight Diner on Netflix. No, I have. Is this... Is this the one where they go that the, like the demon world or something, and they make food? No, 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 no. You know no. what I'm so talking about? I think so. Yes, but this is not that. This is a this is a Japanese television series. Okay, that's on Netflix, and it is live action. It's not an anime, so I don't know if I'll lose you there. But it's fine. Okay. <laughs> It's every episode, it all takes place at this place called the Midnight Diner, which is run by this chef who's just only known as the Master. The master. And it's, I believe, based on a manga. The I believe master. it's actually based on a manga. So he's the Master. And every episode, there's no, like, running storylines. Every episode, he runs a diner that lives, that opens between midnight and 7 a.m. 
and he just very caters, demanding hours. It, it caters to the people Drunk. who would come in during that day, Drunk. during that night. And every episode is just like the different people he meets, and then you kind of follow those characters for an episode, and they like filter in and out of the diner, and then every episode is new storylines and new new dishes as well every episode you learn a new dish to make as well maybe it's live how long how long are the episodes like 20 minutes okay maybe you know what it reminds me of and i am struggling to find it right now to be honest on crunchyroll's new system uh their their new browser but there is one live action show where it is a girl just going to different uh, hole-in-the-wall areas in Japan, just eating food and just enjoying them. That's it, really. Ten, ten episodes and be like, oh, my God, let me try this new dish out. Uh, new dish. Oh, it's really good. Was Is there any dish that's not going to be good? I doubt it. <laughs> Why would you do that? But it seemed pretty relaxed. Uh, and I typically do... I do have a good hankering for these types of shows because, for example... One show, which it definitely has a lot of cooking, which I really liked, which really has no plot at all, other than just being feel good, is Flying Witch about a girl who, you know, technically she does no magic, but it's kind of like very, very low level magic. And it's just her living her days out in a suburban lifestyle in Japan. And with that, just, uh,. I don't know, the, the biggest conflict they have is they make too many uh, radishes at one point. They have to know, like, what are we going to do with all these radishes? <laughs> and we got to make a lot of radish dishes and give them out. I mean, that's really it. But sometimes that's all I want when I'm coming back from a hard days of work. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, Midnight Diner was a big, big quarantine show for me. I discovered it at the beginning of quarantine. and it's, It is a very chill show. Nothing too bad is happening to these people. They're coming in, they're eating some food, they're having some conversation. It's a good time. Joe, what if I told you, and this is completely off topic, okay? That I was looking on Crunchyroll, I was looking through their, you know they offer manga, correct? No. They do offer manga. Did not. Attack on Titan's on there too. You can just read Attack on Titan right on there. And it's included with your subscription. You know what they also have? They also have Eden Zero on there too. You can just start. You can just skip right there. You don't have to wait on Netflix. You can go right Eden Zero. Start watching it right there. God no, no, I'm not. No. Two year eternity. The manga's on there too. You can start reading that right now. Gotta catch up on that show. Ah! Also, Genshin Impact also has a manga. I guess so. Sure. Why not? That makes sense. Make some money. Make that money, Genshin. Paymon. But with that. We're moving away from the cooking world and going on to our next Wheel of Fate assignment. So I have a spreadsheet of every single Fate spinoff show, movie, educational, promotional video. And I have a random number generator. I'm going to be putting them in there. And we'll be spitting out and seeing what we're watching for this week. So Wheel of Fate, turn, turn, turn. Let us know the episode we shall endure. We are going back and it's about time to Lordy Malloy's yeah, Case baby. Files. Yeah, baby. We've only seen one episode of this, so I'm like, the Wheel of Fate has to eventually pop up on there. And it did. So, going over to Lordy Malloy's Case Files, how many episodes 12, does this show have? 
we got a whopping Whoa. 14 episodes. 14. So remember, we got we got the there's always an OVA. And there's also a perennial episode 0, which has to count as 14, I guess. So I'll do the math. I'll figure it out. So we are going to episode 5. Have we seen episode 5? We haven't. The farthest spear and the fairy eyes and the world of mages. It doesn't matter who did it or how. These titles are too long, Fate. How is that the... Which episode have we seen? We have seen episode... I have it marked down. Oh, we've seen episode four. So we're watching the next episode. I don't remember a damn thing from the last one. I liked this show, and I'm surprised you did. I remember you not liking it very much, but this is a very Sherlock Holmesy detective type of show. I'm not going to like this show. So no, I'm going to read the first sentence of this. With Waleta's death, who's that? Uh, Adashino is further convinced by Wills is the suspect, but Waver, no Waver, reminds her that his investigation is not yet complete. As Gray and Kyrie gather research materials, they are attacked by a black dog fairy, which Gray destroys. And then it goes on to what else. I don't want to read the rest of it because I don't want to be spoiled. But I guess something's happening with this Holy Grail War, right? This is before. This is this after. This is not a Holy Grail War. I know, but it's it's before. Fate unlimited Zero? Blade Works. Blood, unlimited, blood, unlimited no, it's Blade before Works. Unlimited Blade Works. Before Unlimited Blade Works, okay. It's a few months, I believe, before Unlimited This is Blade probably Works. a terrible place to start Fate, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, you should watch Fate Zero before you watch Lord Elmaloy's Case Files. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's why I have no, no respect for this show. <laughs> At all. Okay, so Lord Elmaloy's Case Files that we're watching. We're episode episode five, this furthest spear and the furthest spear and the fairy eyes. Put it on your calendars and watch it with us if you're interested. Fantastic. Well, that brings us away from the Wheel of Fate, and we must now transition over to the Waifu Watch and the Best Boy Bulletin, our ever-rotating character ranking lists, where every week one of us brings a character for the other's perusal, and we must place them into the definitive rankings of these characters. It's true. Last week, Steve fucked me. With Shura from Moroni Kenshin, so what D-list character have you brought this week, Steve? <laughs> well, is my turn. Wow, those are fighting words. <laughs> I, uh, I think I was bringing a best boy this time. I think I'm back in the best boys, right? Okay. Okay. So with that, as customary, I am going to read off this character's synopsis. I'm going to omit certain details so it doesn't give it away. And we're going to rank this character. And, Joe, I will first say you do not know this character, but you'll be well enough to rank them. Okay? You Am have I not going to be se- able to yes. guess who they are? Okay. Yes. Yeah. This character is very proud of his own power and by extension of who he is, regardless of his status and upbringing. Like main character, who has great overconfidence at times, this character can be quite cocky, stubborn, especially in terms of his own strength. However, when someone close to him is in danger, there's no qualms about putting himself at risk to save them. And if necessary, as seen when he's prioritized the safety of his own singing master, Sabu, and his pet Ponta, over con- confronting Kisame head-on when the Akatsuki 
confronted his entourage while carrying only two swords in his youth. He has Don't greatly developed his Kenjutsu and his Doha combined Don't Kenjutsu do with this, this fighting really. style. Disturb its Taijutsu. This character can create use of another technique, Acrobat, which is a unique fighting style, which he holds seven blades between his armpit. Both elbows, right? Who am I talking about? Who am I you talking about? Are you talking about Rock Lee? No, I'm talking about... I'm talking about our favorite rap ninja. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Killer B. Killer B. Even B, worse. The Even worse. Jinchuriki, one of the strongest ninjas in the Naruto world. We're finally adding him to, to the best boy bulletin, never shying away from the fight, able to kick Sasuke's ass when they actually do fight for the first time where Sasuke is on a mission with the Akatsuki to try to capture all of the tailed beasts. Uh, Sasuke gets his world rocked and eventually has to be brought back, not uh, I think saved from the brink of death by uh, the rest of his teammates. We're bringing Killer B on here. Killer B, one of the greatest characters in the Naruto world. So many episodes... For a short, for a sh for a character for a show that's over a thousand episodes, he's in a lot of them. Where are we starting the ranking? We're thinking top ten for this boy, bad boy. I'm okay. I'm looking <laughs> up on on the Narutopedia Killer B page. Yeah. So right now, there's a couple things popping out to me. Uh, okay. Okay. One, he's cocky and stubborn. Okay, whatever. Cool. Yeah, a lot of characters, a lot of anime characters. So. It says he has a special way of expressing his pride through song. Yes, of course, he's a rapper, more specifically in rap style. And I will say he's not a good rapper. I'm going to say that well, right now. Well, that's what I'm getting at. It says he will even write his rhymes in the middle of a fight or during an important meeting, even if they are no good, which is usually the case. Yeah, it's true. But he's that confident that he doesn't even need to listen to the whole strategy meaning because he knows what's happening. Sounds like it. Well, if he was interrupting because he was good, then I'd have a little bit of, you know, I'd have a little. He is very good. Not He's very rapping, good. Which is apparently more important to him not than the rapping, fighting. Not rapping, no, but, but he's good at fighting. Have you seen he could turn to an octopus? How many people in, 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 in One Piece can turn to an octopus? Who ate the octopus? Probably Luffy. octopus fruit. You had to the say octo, it twice. Octo fruit? I don't know. Oct oct octo fruit? I don't know. Who There's ate the octo octopus fruit? in Hunter Hunter? That's pretty cool though. Intelligence, despite his carefree nature, Killer B possesses a sharp wit, and is shown when he uses the body replacement technique. Switch places with one of Gyuki's tentacles so he can escape Sasuke's Amaterasu. Oh my God. Yeah, it's true. I just saw a picture of him as this freaking octopus. This is horrifying. He's what? incredibly strong. He's incredibly strong what? in that Jinchuriki form. Yuki. Look, talk to me. Talk to me on the level here. Talk to okay. me on the level here. Okay. This guy. Yeah. Painfully he... annoying. Painfully annoying. Painfully annoying, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, okay. no okay. I know. I will say, no. Pa okay, leveling with you, first off, still actually yes is very skilled in fighting and definitely p pulls off like a drunken master type of like vibe and feel where like you okay. know even when sasuke like you know confronts him he's like look at this fucking joke of a character uh rapping not even giving a care but then when he gets serious throws up the seven swords 
is able to basically parry all of Sasuke's attack, which at this time, everyone's like, oh my god, he's such a great character. Gets his world rocked. Um, has to retreat, actually. Uh, and also, by the end of Shippuden, uh, you have the Akatsuki uh, basically and Madara basically going after all of the Jinchuriki, which are the tail beasts, because they have uh, so much chakra. All of them are getting captured and defeated. Only Naruto and... Uh, Killer B are able to kind of escape this wrath uh, and avoid capture, which says something since they're going up against the best of the best. But I will say his rapping is terrible, and you wish that he never actually did it. <laughs> I'll say I do really like when a goofy character becomes serious. I, I do love yeah, that trope sure. a lot. That's why I mean, it's part of why I love Luffy so much. So I, I, I can get down with that. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Is this guy cool? Do people uh, like Do people like this guy in the Naruto universe? I want to say, well, everyone likes to punch Sasuke in the face. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> because he's, everyone likes to punch the Evo kid in the face. So we do have Sasuke on our list. I'd put this 19. guy above Sasuke probably. So you put him above Sasuke, which makes sense. Because I would say... I'd like I like Klein yeah, more Klein. than Killer B. Because oh, Klein's, Klein's the my dude. Boy. But Klein, Klein, best wingman ever, do anything for Kirito. So we got Krim at number eighteen. Interspecies reviewers going above or below Krim. I I'm gonna say above Krim. Yeah, I could go for that. Above Krim, listen. Listen, I'm not, I'm not like putting right, Killer B right. in the top ten at all. <laughs> not even the top fifteen. No way. Not even above Klein. Hey, no, I, that's where I was leaning to. That's that's where I was leaning to. We're we're gonna, we're gonna put Killer B, number new number eighteen above Krim, below Klein. Love you, Klein. Listen, Klein, you finally won. Some- yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Currently true. the highest rated Naruto character on the Best Boy Bulletin. Who? Who's your favorite Naruto character, Steve? Ooh, okay. This is tough. All right. So if these being... Naruto characters are falling flat right now. Who would you put? Like, who's who's gonna make a claim? Not the one gonna do it right now. Kakashi. Kakashi. Ah, sure, sure. Kakashi's sure. probably gonna be. No, I'll be serious. I will fight for Kakashi. To be no, he's a great much character. Higher. No, he's, a, he's, a, great he's character. a great character. Also, great if you do research, like when I say research, I mean if you ask like a bunch of high school kids in Japan or whatever. I'm sure right now Tanjiro is probably high up there, but I remember polls before. People like, who's your favorite uh, anime character? Is it like Goku? Is it Tanjiro? Like Kakashi usually ranks pretty high up there because he's great. He's 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 a jokester. He's funny. See, he's he's a good character where he's able to do the balance, the funniness and the seriousness, but he's able to actually back it up, unlike Killer B at times. And I think also. You know, Kakashi is pure skill where he goes up, you know, you do, you do have like Naruto and you do have like uh, Sasuke where a lot of them almost have like this type of, I, I don't want to say handicap, when I say handicap, I mean like, of course Naruto is very powerful because he has one of the strongest tailed beasts in him. And he's able to call upon that chakra. Now, he has to take a long time to learn how to tame it. 
and be able to do it. But he essentially has like unlimited chakra. Same thing with Killer B. He has the eight tails, Jin Cherokee. Uh, Sasuke has like basically a very revered bloodline, which he's a, you know which is able to call upon. Kakashi, growing up from nothing, all pure skill, had to fight to get where he is right now, which you have to respect. He doesn't have any failed family history that is able to call upon or any super special powers is able to call upon he just kind of do grit and that's why people love him and he reads a lot of hentai too he reads Ooh. a lot yeah you don't yeah you know that if he has his book or he's always oh. you don't know that wow you don't I love this character no, oh he's always reading something something lewd in his book but that's where we go uh for the best boy Bolton, just to uh, recap, we got Killer B at number 18. So at number 15, we have Arima Kyosuke from Your Line April. Number 16, Usugi from Quintessential Quintuplets. Number 17, Klein. Klein, you finally won something. You beat Killer B. Number 18, Killer B from Naruto. Number 19, Krim from Interspecies Reviewers. Number 20, Sasuke Uchiha from Naruto. Number 21, Ash Ketchum from Pokemon. 22, Hiei from Yu Hakusho. Number 23, Konohamaru, further slipping down. Don't give a shit about you. And also proven that he is a terrible character in the Naruto Monopoly game, which he showed me is uh, essentially the cheapest property in the Naruto <laughs> uh, Monopoly game. At number 23, if you notice that, number 24, Recon from Sword Art Online. God, I hate that character, too. Good list so far. I like it. Great list so far. Great list. Well, that does bring us to another end of another episode of Weeb Weekly. If you'd like to write in, if you'd like to submit someone for the Best Boy Bulletin or the For the Wife Who Watch, if you would like to write in with any questions you may have regarding the weeby world, you can, of course, reach out to us at weebweeklypodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, Steve... Where can people find you at? You can find me at SafePointCosplay on Instagram and at SaveCosplay on Twitter. And you can find me at JoeReeseVO on all major social media platforms. And now, of course, we come to Steve's Hot Take, where Steve gives you a nice big steaming hot take with zero context and zero explanation, and that is just the end of the show. So, without further ado, Steve What's your hot take? Joe, you've probably heard that the power of love and friendship can defeat almost anything. I want to say the hot take. I feel like the power of love in Sailor Moon, way too overpowered. Just to give you a list of what the power of love and friendship can do in Sailor Moon, can cure the brainwashed boyfriend and daughters from the future, from the clutches of an evil spell, can restore broken transformation brooches and create a spiral heart of moon rod if you actually have uh, seen that before powers up sailor venus's attack such as her venus love me chain has redeemed more than a few villains over the course of five arcs and seasons and is literally stated in the credits and the theme song so power love overpowered in sailor moon maybe needs to be taken down notch in sailor moon crystal thank you <laughs>